0: I need a homie that know me When all these motherfucking cops be on me I got problems Ain't nobody calling back Now what the fuck Is happening with my ball and gas Remember me I'm your homie that was down the broad Sipping Hennessy Hanging with the clowns And all we used to do Is drink brew Screw And come and new We had yeah, pictures the dozens uh, We fucking cousins you See your snakes and fakes just like scavengers Waiting to take a hustler's pace And when you're stuck Where the fuck is all your friends They straight busted and can't be trusted Fuck y'all I I friend, but I ain't got no Fuck all y'all I'm a hopeless thug, ain't no love Reminiscing on how close we was Way back in the deck, before they put the Crack in the way, and hey How much money can you stack in the deck It's getting Collect calls for my niggas And cup. I recollect, we used to Ball, now just living's enough, I stand Tall in the winter, summer, spring, and fall Good for life, sprawled all Across the wall, and all About my dollars, make me wanna holler, Drop an album, sell a million, give a fuck About tomorrow, I know, it's getting Crazy at the dark, these marks. Keep on off in the Ain't no fear in my heart. What's going on in the bed? I'm still struggling, strive. I still roll with the heat of smoking chocolate top In 94, I'll be going solo. Too many problems of my own, so I'm rolling dolo. Fuck all y'all. That's right. Fuck all y'all. To socializing with the baddest bitches Went from a bucket to a rag with switches I'm seeing death around the corner I'm bumping through Doing 90 cause I wanna I'm getting high like I said hey, it was some chocolate time Mixed in some Indonesia Watch me fry And even though I know the cops behind me <laughs> Hit the weed and up. Uh, I continue doing nine. Will I get caught? Another ticket Get the kick getting caught Fuck the law Give a shit I'm even worse than before I know they And hey, nigga, what the fuck is you wailing about? Soon as I hit the sale, I'll be bailing out. And when I hit the streets, I'm in the rush, the ball. I'm screaming thug like nigga. Fuck y'all. <laughs> fuck all y'all, man. <laughs> fuck all y'all. All
1: hey hi. hi it's been a while uh it's, it's me John Caparulo. if you forgot who I was and
2: uh hi I'm Jamie Marie Caparulo I don't know if you remember me yeah I'm his annoying sidekick well, I
1: wouldn't say every day no <laughs> um, <laughs> no uh we uh, we haven't we haven't podcasted in a minute how long has it been? Uh,
2: about a year. I, it, I was on a manhunt to find the mics. I didn't even know where they were because yeah. we haven't done this in so long. I'm like,
1: yeah, well, that was your mistake is manhunting for microphones. But, um,
2: the, uh... glad to see you're falling right back into the groove of beating <laughs> me up.
1: But I'm fine. Thanks for being the straight man. Uh, <laughs> I, um, hey, eh, we, um, uh, decided that, that this, uh, this week, um, was, um, the appropriate week to uh a- 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 at least get uh another um volume out of our um illustrious domestic disputes <laughs> because um well i guess i'm in the news this week
2: uh let's just say fox 11 just left our house and that doesn't happen every wednesday
1: it does not it does not and i mean usually they they you know if they show up at your house somebody Somebody's coming out with their shirt off and, um, you know, it's, uh, it's a pretty disastrous situation. So, um, we
2: actually don't have a meth lab cooking here.
1: We don't. Uh, well, not that they know about, but, um, no, Come
2: on. It, you're not sciencey it, enough for that. Shit. Yeah, right. But I'd
1: make the worst meth.
2: Uh,
1: <laughs> You'd be I, adding uh,
2: butter to it. I know. I'd
1: be like, you know what? It's, it tastes good. I mean, it's, uh, it's definitely fattening. <laughs> um, a bunch of fat meth heads. be I mean, hilarious. <laughs> um, but, uh, it's, um, it, we, 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 um, well, let's see. How, how do we, 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 I do a series called Caplets. Uh, if you're a fan of mine, you're aware of this series. I've been doing it for three years now. Um, uh, almost exactly three years. Uh, every 30 days I put out, um, a new, um, stand-up uh, uh, Flip. Like
2: five to it's ten like, minutes of it's like new putting startup. out singles
1: instead of <laughs> albums, uh, as Al Al Magic put it one time when I was talking to him about the project uh, when I first started it. Um, it's uh, it, basically I do a short set of new material every month, and I recorded it at uh, Hermosa Beach Comedy and Magic Club. Um, much love to you guys, <laughs> um, and uh, they uh, it, yeah, I. I you know, it's just been a a project that we've, you know, it, it's a passion project of mine that uh, it, it, and ours really because Jamie does all the work after I do the comedy, <laughs> um, and it's uh, something I really care about and I do new stuff every time and it and usually I I literally do write most of the jokes in the car on the way uh, on the way to the show because I ran out of new stuff really about 8 episodes in and we've done 36. So um anyway, this past Saturday. Um today is Wednesday. Wednesday, March 1st, right? Uh and uh it is. <laughs> yeah, it's right there on your computer. It's at, at 5:43 yeah. p.m. Pacific
2: time.
1: it's uh, uh so this past Saturday uh is uh, I recorded my my most recent caplet um and i wrote a joke literally in the car um uh, on the way there because i was kind of testing out what i wanted to say with jamie uh she drove and i sat in the back seat (coughs) me and the kids sat in the back i swear to god Scoby, oh. really? we have a puppy. We also have a new puppy now, and um Lots of one happening. of our dogs <gasps> doesn't seem to recognize the fact that she is a baby, <laughs> dickhead, because she he she decided to touch one of his bones. Um. Anyway, uh, so I was on stage and I told a particular joke about our beloved leader, new president Donald Trump, who um. I know everybody in the country is absolutely in love with. Uh, it's it, I'm being sarcastic, of course. <laughs> and I, you know, I I just it was it, it was a joke. It was just it was basically it was about how people think the Washington Monument looks like a dick, and I think that they're reserving that uh, that design for the Trump Monument, and it it was really. You know, it was just—it was just—it is a a joke, as as many other are. I I mean, and
2: and even as a Trump supporter, I think that's just a funny joke. I think even Trump, even if you are a Trump Trump supporter, (laughs) yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, you're not a Trump supporter. Kind of, (laughs) you don't want to say, you don't want to say that you're. Yeah. Oh no, I'm not claiming to be a Trump supporter. I mean, yeah. In the election, we just we called it Stay Home Tuesday. We did not participate in the uh, either one. It was. I think the system's fucked up, I don't think, any necessary, either one of the parties, but that's beside the point. Anyhow. And don't
2: say, well, you shouldn't have an opinion if you didn't vote. We didn't feel that either one of them was worth putting on pants to go vote for.
1: No, it wasn't worth getting jury due. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and, and that was the thing. It was just like, I, and I didn't want to endure, I thought both of them... Either either candidate was going to continue the system of oppression no matter how it, what the face of it was, it looked like, and I wasn't going to endorse either one. Now, that said, whatever, but if, if you want to participate in it still, that's your prerogative, and look, man, we're still supposed to be living in a free country, and I believe we have a First Amendment. That uh, covers free speech and that is uh, so integral to my art form stand-up comedy and uh, I made this joke um, I had been getting told all night that there was a woman or two women in the front row who were kind of a pain in the ass that's all I knew I didn't know anything else about them but I, I did know and I did mention on Capital, if you watch it, I, I, I know I wasn't the first comic to make a Trump anti Trump joke. Um, but for some reason, I make my joke and about the monument thing, and I start hearing, Fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, from the, this crazy woman who's right there, front row center, of course, and uh, they're never in the back. <laughs> but uh, she's like, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. And I snapped, I went, fuck you, stupid. And I proceeded to let her know, I mean, who was the professional and who was in charge of the situation. Because the thing is, is I don't understand why audience members actually think they can win in this situation. Like, I, I mean, you know, I, I and and why... Somebody like that feels as though she has the right with 200 at least other people Who most of them were laughing at it Others may have even said oh or got whatever if they got quiet got uncomfortable whatever They didn't say shit they just they knew it was a comedy show And that's part of the comedy show If you go to a comedy show you need to prepare yourself for the fact that you might hear something you might disagree with, and if you're that sensitive about anything, stay home or do something else. Go, go, go to church or whatever, whatever it is you do that you don't that, that that's gonna stay safely within your boundaries so that your, your little bubble isn't fucked with so hard that you're going to flip out on me when I'm trying not only to do to do a a set of comedy which is difficult in itself and any comic that tells you they go up on stage and it it, it, they don't get nervous uh is either lying or they don't care about their job because I still there's a there's a there's an there's an anxiousness and there's a nervousness about me Jamie's experienced it. I'm awful to be around before I go on stage because I care about what I do. And then when you couple that with the fact that Catholics, I'm doing material that's largely untested every time that's going on camera that I know is going to go on the internet and for a lot of people to see. So I'm trying to do my job, which is not easy. And I've earned the right to do that job through 20 years of hard work improving myself. Hard work and talent that that allows me the right to, you know, for, for a club as prestigious as a comedy and magic club and for most of each, to not only let me perform whenever I want, uh, but to record my series and, and, and show it to a wider audience. That's a, that's a, That's an honor that I've earned over the years. And this woman, because she bought a ticket to the show, that did not earn her the right to bring it to a crashing halt, to throw her fucking two cents in, which was which was the most uncreative heckle I've ever heard, which is <laughs> fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, and I mean, look, there's a lot of ground to cover here. Um, but I'm going to say, first of all, there's a trend, there's a disturbing trend that has been happening in comedy, and it's before Donald Trump ever came along, so you can't completely blame him. But I do think that with this administration, and I think with this past election, I think that belligerence is now becoming the more, just becoming more and more acceptable as a way to behave, not only... It, privately, but in public and and it's just okay to just start barking, even though you're in a room full of other adults who are not acting like that, who seem to know how to behave, but you think it's it's you you're you're dumb enough to think it's a political rally, and that I owe you. I I owe it to you to agree with your political ideology. And I've seen it happen for a long time now where one person, such as my daughter, <laughs> <laughs> that's my uh, daughter. She's not exactly into podcasting. Um, I have seen it happen, and I've seen comics with brilliant uh, bits that are, you know, edgy that say things that kind of push the envelope with people, that push their buttons, that say words that you're not supposed to say and that, 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 that you know, are slightly uncomfortable. But that's our fucking job, people. I mean, the last bastion of free speech it, it, as it gets eroded is stand-up comedy. We have to. It's our duty. I've never been... People have always known me as a guy who... Who, who basically blows off politics? Who's not into you know the news? And I make fun of it. I you know and I I you know I spent a long time promoting apathy.
2: A meat cap. Remember your bit was something like along the lines of, did you see what the president had to say? And you said, "No, I guess I have more channels than you do, dude." Yeah, because you're like, right. you had to watch SpongeBob. That's right. how you used to feel, right?
1: And 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 the thing is, is even though that was funny and that was how I felt at the time, I've grown up since then, and I realized that you know maybe that's not exactly the best way to look at things. Like if you just look at the world as as narrowly as your own problems in your own world, in your own space, and what affects you is the only thing that matters, and that's kind of how, where my comedy came from. But, you know, I, at some point, I, I, you know, I realized, I mean, I've made myself more politically aware, and I'm into history, and I, you know, I'm one of those people, I, I comb through whatever the, the, you know, whatever the internet, actually read books, if you want to call it that, haven't read to me audiobooks so people read stories to me on planes and stuff but um, (coughs) still barney i will punch you in the back but i mean i you know i i've actually made myself relatively educated about this stuff at at least enough to formulate a, a a a halfway you know educated opinion decent opinion uh respectable opinion on politics and everything you know in that arena and I felt like I'm not doing my duty as a comic if I don't you know if I if I don't talk about these things because this really is with all the immigration stuff and all the sexism and all the stuff that this administration seems to stand for yet manage to gain power despite of you know, and mind you I, I I think I thought the democratic nominee was 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 horrible in her own right, so trust me, when I say anything anti-trump it's not pro Hillary. Right. It it don't get it twisted. But I, I think I made that clear before, but whatever. I just I, I I mean I'm not doing my job as a comic if I don't point out the elephant in the room. And the big fucking elephant in the room is the political landscape it's that's uh dominating our headlines, dominating our country, and dominating people's most of people's thoughts right now. So it's like I I can't just be a guy who just talks about some you know just some me shit all the time. So I feel like yeah, I gotta contribute a little bit and give you know and weigh in on these subjects and and I'm proud of myself that I have grown up a little bit in that sense. Uh so so I, I you know I I don't, I don't know anybody, any sort of, you know, you, 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 you know, again, if I violate your sensibilities, if I, if, if you disagree with me, which again, you might hear things that you disagree with in a comedy show, if you disagree with me, hey, in a, especially in a comedy club, you came to our house, we're comedians, that's our house, that's our stage, you bought a ticket to come and visit our house and we're allowed to say whatever the fuck we want, okay? And the day that we're not, you, as well as we, have big fucking problems, okay? Because we're all gotta worry about it if comedians can't voice their opinions, okay? And again, if you watch the Caput episode... I say that I I can't believe that this, that that this woman actually acted like I was the first person to invent this sort of sentiment. That I you know uh, that I that I I was you know I mean I other other I was quite sure I knew other comics. I mean I I knew Arsenio Hall went to comics before me, and he talked about how he he even knew Donald Trump because he won the Apprentice and. He was even scared of the situation. And it's like, that's not a pro-Trump comment. And it's like, he didn't get anything thrown at him. I mean, because that's probably what I haven't mentioned so far is the fact that when this woman, after I beat this woman up verbally and she realized that she couldn't win in that regard, she threw a glass at me and, you know, it hit me in the stomach I mean it's not it's kind of a big target uh, (laughs) these days so it's not hard to hit me in the gut but uh um it uh (laughs) it it bounced right off because it's a it's a big fat gut of steel but um you know it still it shocked the hell out of me I mean because I I really couldn't I never had anything like that happen to me before I mean I've had hecklers I've had people get disagree with what I'm saying, get get, get pissed off, have whatever, you know, even leave, but, you know, I had a guy die once at a show, I didn't know it, because it was so far in the back of the room, it was in, I think, Fort Lauderdale, that I didn't, I didn't know what was going on, because it was so dark back there, I didn't, couldn't see what was going on, but they actually took a guy out in an ambulance, I think he was either, either they had a heart attack or whatever, or an, or an epileptic seizure. And that shit happens during show. I'm I'm used to, you know, just unplanned calamities happening at my comedy show. And I deal with them because I've been doing this long enough. I, I know how to deal with them. I don't prefer to. I prefer to take my, my artistic... Views and give them to an audience that is um, that is interested in hearing them and appreciates the artistic endeavor of stand-up comedy and the just the, the nuances that go with that and just the beauty of it. It really is fun to take truth and make it funny for people. So for... for... Bullies and petulant, overgrown petulant children to try to put a stop to that is unacceptable. And fuck that. I'm not going to go along with that. I refuse to go along with that. And I'm not going to, I'm not going to let that ruin my career, ruin my life ruin the world because I have a child now. I have a wife who's going to live much longer than I am. And I, you know, we have a puppy. I mean, we have, you know, I have other lives to think about besides my own. And I have other, I have other artists to think about besides me. And if I can somehow represent this problem with what happened to me, then I'm gonna turn a negative into a positive, and that's why I have no problem um, you know, letting this situation, this ugly situation, which it wasn't fun to go through at all. Um I I I I I really do, you know, I, I I like the idea of being able to take this and shine a light on it and use it as an example of what. Is going on a really, really a societal ill, a really negative thing that we got going on, and this is a trend that's been happening for a while. Didn't just start with Trump. It's been escalated, I think, with this this whole new you know wave of you know neocon shit and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah and Trump but doesn't still. help
2: the situation by telling okay. his supporters that he'll pay for their. You know, court bills and court costs and all that kind of bullshit. I right mean,
1: He's not helping the situation by any means right no he, he's he's basically uh, um, thank you, Madden. Um, but uh, no i i I think that you know, like I said, where belligerence becomes the norm becomes acceptable, that's kind of what the Trump administration is encouraging. They're saying, hey, be an asshole. Be a racist. Be a uh, um, just a. You know what? Only your feelings and your shit matters. It's like those people who who believe in God. Who who? It just so happens that God believes everything they do. Like it just it's just so convenient that God hates homosexuals because you hate homosexuals or. It's just so convenient that.
2: But not it, every person who believes in God no, believes in no,
1: that. No, no, That's that's absolutely true. The, and and I don't want. And I'm just saying the people who use that, the people who use God as their excuse for being a pig. I mean, you know, spirituality. I think is 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 a beautiful thing, and I think it's just fine if it's if it's. Used in a way that enhances the world, that enhances your life, that enhances those around you.
2: Makes you a better person. Yeah, man.
1: Whatever makes you. But look, it it comes down to the whole treat others as you want to be treated. That's a beautiful thing. And that's not just a Christianity uh, saying. It, it, It came long before then because it's a basic human conduct rule. I mean, it's simple. I mean, if we all live by that rule, we're all going to get along a lot a lot better. But, the, look, man, like I said, it's been going on since before. So I, I do a lot of, like I said, I'm a history buff. And it's kind of like all oh, the energy I used to devote to NFL history. <laughs> and, um, like, you know, The Simpsons, and which I still watch all that shit. But, I mean, you know. I've kind of devoted a lot of that energy to, you know, actually, you know, researching the the history of our world and the way things have kind of taken shape politically over the, especially over since World War II, but even before then. Um, and and it's disturbing. It's really disturbing when you, when you start to look at, you start to peel back the layers and you start to go, wait a minute. This this is not what they taught us in school. And this isn't... This, this isn't... Uh, this isn't good. And you start to go, well, who's running this place? Because it, it, it all started with me with, with JFK. It was a JFK buff. I was always into the, the, the JFK assassination and that whole mystery and everything. And, and I went to Dealey Plaza once. And, um, you know, I... I... You know, all that stuff is, it kind of led me to go, okay, well, what about this? What about Watergate? What about Iran-Contra? What about all this stuff? And I I started realizing, you know, that, that, that we might, you know, the people who, it's, it's almost like we had this idea. I remember when I first got into JFK was when the, the movie came out and I was in high school. And we almost had this idea that the element that, that. Essentially, it essentially murdered him and took him away from us because he really was, uh, um, I think, somebody, The la- I think he was the last person to occupy the Oval Office who had a conscience and who actually was was really, really trying to do good for humanity. And there's this element of humanity, if you want to call it that doesn't want that it, it, no that that affects that affects our bottom line that affects our you know that, that that affects you know that affects the whole me 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 thing and you know when when you take that it's almost like we had this idea that those people who wiped out this it really saint you know and the same thing with Martin Luther King same thing with with Malcolm x um same thing with you know r f k god i mean you know I, I, I there's a really good documentary on uh youtube called j f k the nine eleven everything is a rich mans trick terrible title great documentary and this guy said he's like you know we really have to examine the idea of what does it say about a society who who could, who persistently murders its best men. And that's, I mean, and I, that's a paraphrase, cause I don't know if that's the exact quote, but it was to that effect. And you really have to think about that. Why is it that our best people seem to get done away with? And, you know, when you start asking these questions, you start to care more. And You know, like I, like I said, I have a daughter who has to live in this world. And I feel bad, almost, for bringing her into this world, because I know... I know almost like, you know, what, what the reality is and it sucks. And you know, I'm just, it, at some point it's just like, look, bullies have been running the planet for a long time. I think I did a bit on Catholics once where I said, you know, good will never triumph over evil because evil, evil basically will always get up the next morning and, 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 resume the fight, you know, like, you, you're not going, like, in Return of the Jedi, when you fucking, you, you kill Darth Vader, and you kill the Emperor, and you blow up the Death Star, and you go dance with the Ewok, you can, you're, when you're hung over from the fucking Ewok dance, evil's getting up the next morning, and is like, okay, how do we fucking, reassemble this shit, because we have got to get back in power, and it's, it's such a nasty cycle that it's like we just become numb to, it. we just accept, and it's like, man, look like i said i'm maybe I'm getting too far away from the subject, but look you you can't just say you can't say on one hand, you know I wanna make America great again, and i wanna i, I you know i i i i wanna you know, and, and you want to support that sort of rhetoric that has been repeated for years by bullshit candidates who didn't do anything but, but fucking further the wreckage. It's like, you just, you, you can't say, I want to make America great again, but then say, I want to take away the right to free speech. I want to, you know free speech is only free unless it agrees with me fuck that fuck that and fuck you because you're not going to I mean we have to take a stand because these predators are going to fucking keep taking away our our rights and our freedoms for a long time forever if we don't if we don't wake up to it and i think you know the internet's helping us, in, in some ways, share knowledge and um, you know become more connected throughout the world, so that we we start to understand that these things are going on more. But then at the same time, it's also you know with with the sort of dark element of our society, it's also allowing them to um, you know basically you, you know spew hatred. And, and you know, that woman who started popping off at me the other night, and then threw shit at me, basically looked at it. I think she, it was like the physical manifestation of a, of a comment section on YouTube. She's watching a show, and she feels like, okay, I'm weighing in on this, because that's what I do on the comment section on YouTube. I let my fucking... I let my ideas be heard no matter how fucking stupid they are and and um, how belligerent, nasty and pointless they are. And I'm just not somebody, look I'm just not gonna back down to it anymore. I'm tired of bullies and it really is. It, it, we We are constantly at the mercy of bullies and I'm sick of it. I'm sick of the. I'm sick of this this trend. I'm sick of this fucking horseshit. Thank you for the applause, Madden. I mean, I you know, and and it, and it brings me to another subject because yeah. I've wanted to address yeah. this for a while. I haven't Come done out. one of the reasons besides having a, a child who doesn't really want to podcast yeah. much. I mean, and I'm talking about you, Jamie. <laughs> I um, you know. I, one of the reasons why I haven't wanted really to to podcast much in the past year has been because, you know, I'm on this network, All Things Comedy, and I really do love the vision that Al and Bill Burr had, you know, when they started this. And I think it's great. And I think it really does have a, you know, it's a, it's an artist-friendly, beautiful vision for you know this for this is this, this medium and it's great but I also think that it's been used by people to they can just disseminate whatever ideas they want and nobody checks them on it because you know not only outside of all things comedy but inside all things comedy inside that family I've had, I've had just outright lies told about me, by other people who podcast on this on on this network, um, people who I thought were my friends, I, 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 genuinely genuinely thought were my friends. Ari Shafir was my friend. I mean, I really, that dude was. I was. He was one of my. I considered him. One of my best friends in, in comedy really. I I mean
2: He's been I, to our house. I've he, made him dinner. <laughs> been in my, yeah.
1: Been in my house. We used to play poker all the time. I mean we'd we'd do shows at the store and then and, and then we'd go and we'd go play poker with a bunch of Asians until fucking five in the morning. And the only reason we'd left uh the casino at five in the morning was just to beat traffic. Uh so we'd get back home. To, you know, to go to sleep at sunup. I mean, me and that dude, we we were, we were I thought we were tight. And they, I mean, he didn't start it. Um, and I'll get to who started it. But, you know, he just turned on me. Like, I mean, I mean, he said to my face, he said to my wife's face <laughs> that me and him were cool. We didn't have a problem. And, and everything was And then he started doing a series, I guess, of, uh, 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 you know, about uh, with doormen, past doormen to the comedy store, which I was a doorman at the comedy store. People don't, around there, don't really remember that I spent nearly two years of almost every night of the week working the back door of the comedy store. Sometimes the front, but I didn't really want to see people and... And you just, I hung around the back door and just yell at people to get out of the hallway and shit. And, uh, you know, and then I worked the parking lot too. And I, and I used to go take the ladder out and hang the fucking marquee sign and it was raining and I was almost slipping and dying and shit. And then I tried to go do a set after Dice at 145. I mean, I, I paid my fucking dues, man. I, and Again, I've said this before, but I will say it, I will reiterate it. And I know I have the truth on my side, hook me up to a lie detector. put me up against, I have documented proof. I have. I have never in my entire career. And I'm proud to say in 20 years, I haven't taken a shortcut. I haven't taken an undeserved favor. I haven't tried to make some sort of bullshit alliance with somebody who's bigger than me to try to make myself seem bigger. Chelsea Handler put me on her show because she thought I was funny. Me and her didn't hang out. I mean, she'll tell you, me and her didn't hang out. All right, she, I mean, I like her. She She and I are cool, but you know, we weren't buddies. just we, wasn't just doing me a favor because we were pals. She just thought I contributed to her show, which I did and everything i've done along the way in comedy has been what i thought maybe foolish to a degree i i've conducted myself in such a way that i thought we worked on a merit system i thought you know what you get you have talent and you work hard at it and 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 you'll 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 you benefit from the fruit of that labor and you will You'll get what you deserve based on that, and and I've never done anything that I'm ashamed of, that I have a reason to lie about, that I would ever, um, that would give anybody cause to, to, uh, it, 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 I, I guess to to direct any sort of ill will toward me. And you know when I when I'm speaking, to, you know of Ari in particular. That dude just, I mean, he and Bobby Lee, who man, that motherfucker kissed my ass. On, t- I mean, he just two, they, such they, a fucking worm.
2: They looked us. I mean, I remember getting to the store that night, and they both ran up to our car. were hugging us, saying, "Can you believe how crazy this is? It's such bullshit." This I, is
1: when I'm getting attacked by, by Joey Diaz. I walked I'm away to.
2: from the comedy store that night going, okay, cool. It's not that big of a deal because people like Bobby and Ari have said it's bullshit not to deal with it, don't listen to it.
1: Because I got love, right. I right. got
2: lots of love leaving there.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: And the next day...
1: I mean, next- I mean it was literally... I mean it was the following it was it was a Saturday night or something we I talked to Bobby Lee and the following week he goes on Joey Diaz's podcast and starts to talk and and you said I can I couldn't bear to listen. You said he started talking shit all over me saying how I how I fucking uh, I I came up and told him that he wasn't a real comic. <laughs> And that, that you know, I just stomped all over his feelings about, and he's talking about an incident that he says happened in, I want to say 2007. So he waited until 2000 fucking 16 to bring this up. I mean, what are you going to say? Bill Cosby raped you too? Is that really, is that what's going <laughs> down, Bobby? Are you serious? And the thing is, is what I did was what men do. I called him. I called him. I said, what the fuck did you just say? Why? Why would you say that about me? That's not true. And he's like, I remember specifically you saying. That. I said, well, your memory's fucked up. Because first of all, I, I never would just go up to somebody and say that. I've thought that about Bobby Lee for a long time. Okay, <laughs> I don't think he's a real comic. I think he's a he, he's. Uh, I, I I I think a lot of things about him that I don't need to share a, with a broader audience and you've because never said, oh, they were we between me and him. Right. All this shit was between people that, 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 the, that the public doesn't need to know about this is all infighting and fucking personal beefs that that nobody else needs to weigh in on, know about or get some sort of fucking skewed view about because it's it's wrong it's, it's wrong to just attack somebody like this, especially when you have the advantage that these motherfuckers do. Uh, I mean, look, I, I've never put a lot into whether it's social media, whether it's podcasting, anything like that. It, it's not what I signed up for when I got into comedy. What I got signed up for was I go on stage and I, 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 I share my material with people. They laugh and that's, that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to do comedy and then reap the benefits thereof. That, that's all I wanted to do. I didn't want to do all this other bullshit that's, that's come about as a result of the World Wide Web explosion, obviously. And and I've adapted as well as I can. But I've always wanted to do something more unique and more original than just follow the herd and go do, oh, well, so-and-so's doing a podcast, so I better do a podcast. It, it's no fun to me. And it's the same thing with social media, you know, back when fucking MySpace was popular and everybody's like, oh, you gotta get on there. It's just, it's like, dude, fucking, I don't want to. I mean, I didn't get into comedy to type. So it's like, that's why I just, I, you know, I've never really pursued that much of a following. Now, these guys have, these guys have developed a really big following, subscribers, fucking followers all that shit because they've been into it. And it's fine, good for them. More power to them. I mean, go ahead. But the fact is, is they're using that unfair advantage now to say whatever the fuck they want to about me. It's and liars. Yeah, it liars, because none of it's true. And I can prove none of it's true. I mean, I have, I have, I, I mean, if you want to call it documented, I mean, you can look at lineups from the comedy store. You can look at comment cards from the comedy store. You can look at whatever you want. Everything I got, I earned. Okay? And I think a lot of the the jealousy and the, the hatred and the problems, I did a podcast with Rick Ingram, who oddly enough was the, the, the only person who stuck up for me in all of this bullshit. I did it with him around it was around Christmas time last year whatever, maybe New Year's. Uh, but, yeah, no, it was last year, wasn't it? Early 2016. Um, but, uh, you know, Rick was one of the only persons or people named in the, uh, in Joey Diaz's fucking bullshit rants that I, that, who I somehow, um, I wronged him and I violated him and I, and I held his career back and I hurt him so much because I'm such a fucking villain. And it it was bullshit. It was all like... I mean, none of it would hold up in court or even... It it wouldn't even go to court. It was just stupid. It was just stupid. Wild accusations that he had the ability to say because he had more subscribers on a podcast or whatever and he had more uh, listeners so that he could say this shit. And how the fuck do I retaliate because I don't have the all the... The, the the subscribers, because, like I said, not something I admittedly have ever put much effort or, or, or pursued very much. But, I mean, uh, you know, for, for Ari to get on there and say, well, you know, because all these guys are, you know, and just to wrap him, him and Bobby up, it's like, these guys seem to be obsessed with the fact that I got... Back in 2003, 4, and 5, after I went to Montreal, I got what's called a development deal. I got development deals from, two of them from Fox, one of them from NBC. All they were was money that they gave me to develop TV shows around my comedy. Now, I was I was young, and I had never seen a six-figure check in my life. And, it you know, low six figures, but it was still six figures, so I ain't nothing to sneeze at. And I got me a Trans Am and a big screen TV in a hurry. But I, you know, I also, you know, I mean, that that sort of legitimized me in some. Like a lot of people at the comedy store, especially, started paying attention to me. You know, after that, which, you know, I was there before that, but they all started to notice me. Um, namely, Joey Diaz. J- Joey Diaz was me, and him were. A, I wasn't savvy enough to know at the time, but he was suddenly my pal um, after I got uh, uh, called to Montreal and then and then I got a development deal because he was supposed to be my sidekick in my show. Um, I don't know if you noticed, but he has a habit of being the man next to the goddamn man, as Ice Cube once said. Uh, but um, they all seem to be obsessed with the fact that I got development deals back then and then they all seem to have this perception that somehow I changed after I, you know, it became this dick or something after I got a development deal. First of all, I was the same way before that. They just didn't care. Okay. They didn't, they didn't, they just didn't, they just didn't care who I was or how I acted before that because I was nobody okay, and there's a lot of, you know, in the comedy world, there's a lot of jealousy, and there's a lot of hatred, and it's like a fucking, it's like the pageant world. It's just a lot of catty bullshit that goes on, you know, over stage time, over who gets noticed, and all that shit, and it's like, it's just, and, and, and that's why I made myself scarce, and stopped hanging out with them dudes um, a long time ago, because, look, I was going through my own personal drama. I mean, I had shit that not only, you know, was I adjusting to the fact that I didn't have to cut grass anymore, you know, to, to support myself, but, you know, I, I was starting to get attention from people like, you know, I show up at comedy clubs or wherever else where it's like, you know, my life before comedy didn't prepare me to be popular. Like nobody cared about me when I was growing up in Ohio. I was just another face in the hall. So I I, I didn't, I didn't know how to be popular. So it was really weird for me, especially when I was preparing to go on stage a lot of times when I was going to a comedy club. So if I was ever, if I was ever prickly with somebody, if I was, I'm very neurotic. And you know, as a lot of us are, as most of us are, you know, so before my set, yeah, you know, I cared about what I was doing. So, you know, if if I didn't want to just be your buddy when I showed up at the lodge, I, I'm sorry. Okay, that's not that's not what I came. It's not what I left my family for. That's not what I left everything I knew for in Ohio. I, I didn't come to L.A. to be your pal, Ari,
0: no.
1: fucking asshole. And I mean, you know, still, it's just. Were those fucking turncoats to, you know, to say what they said about me. And then the other one on all things comedy that I know about was uh, Sam Tripoli. And, you know, Sam and I have had problems before. Just, like I said, personal, me and him problems, you know. it j- Just bullshit between comics who, you know, if, if you work around a, a, a somebody and you c- kind of grow up with them. Because we're all like brothers in that sense where it's like. You grow up together. Dice and Sam Kinnison used to have a feud, you know, when Kinison was alive. Because, you know, they came up together. And there was just a lot of, like, infighting. And you stole this from me. And I was, you know, it's all bullshit, man. It's just, but the public doesn't need to know about this. I mean, it's like it's like rap battle shit, man. It's like, we, we, we don't, we're just artists, man. I'm just trying... And the thing is, is you have to police yourself as an artist. And I have policed myself as an artist. I am a truthful, honest, and decent guy. I'm a good citizen of the comedy community. I've I've never, ever done anything I need to lie about. Okay? And I can say that with a straight face into this microphone. I can say that to a straight face to my wife, with a straight face to my wife. I know I can say it. say it to my daughter, and I can say it to anybody who wants to talk to me about it. And therein lies. I mean, to finish up, Sam Tripoli Sam Tripoli lied. I don't know if he knew he was lying. He was obviously sucking up to his new lord and master, um, uh, 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 uh the head of the Cobra Kai, uh, who I'll get to in a big way in a minute, um, he, you know, not only was kissing his ass, talking about how great he is, but he was saying that I somehow was upset because I had stopped getting spots at the comedy store like I used to because they had changed talent coordinators. They fired the old talent coordinator, who, his name was Tommy. He did a podcast with a guy named Earl. Forget, Earl Skagel. Earl Um, and it was, it was a two part interview. It was very interesting and it was really, um, uh, you know, at least in the comedy world, a lot of people listened to it and it, it, you know, I remember listening to it just to, just to wonder if Tommy said the same thing about me when I wasn't in the room that he used to say to me. And, and 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 he did. And and that really was like, wow, man, he meant that shit, I guess. And I mean he just you know, when you can listen to that for yourself. I don't even want to say what he said about me, but it was very complimentary and I, I appreciate then. it.
2: <laughs> because I know from the second I met Tommy he I he loves you. He loves yeah. who you are as a comic. Why? Who the, you are why? as a person.
1: Yeah, because, because you're we're not, person. we don't hang out.
2: Oh, no,
1: we've, I've run, I've run across Ari, him a couple he, times at, at the canyon walking dogs.
2: <laughs> Unlike our, he's never been to our home.
1: Yeah, never been to my house, never hung out with him outside the comedy store, never was friends with him before he got there. Um, I, I mean, he just used to work the, the cover booth, um, in a before he became talent coordinator. He was just working the booth and he saw me on a nightly basis and he sort of became the guy who, you know, when Mitzi was in charge of the lineups, like, you know, he steadily won her trust and said, look, I'm there every night. This guy seems to be getting the, the, uh, the, the bulk of the, I guess Good comment cards. The the bulk of the the compliments from audience members when they leave. Like, man, I don't want to toot my own horn because I feel like an asshole doing it. Okay, but the fact is, is when I have to be when I'm put in this position, and this has been something I've been stewing over for a year. This has been killing me. Okay, because I I hate when people lie about me because I, god damn it, I've worked so fucking hard to get where I've gotten. And I've done it the right way. I've made sure I did it the right way. And for those fucking, those, 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 those scumbags to try to take that away from me by just lying, just outright saying whatever they want to into a microphone and whatever their audience is, just hears that about me, even though it's not the truth. And it's, and it, it it's, it's just their opinion of me and their view of what my life is, even though they didn't live my life. And because they don't have anything better to talk about than me. Because you notice, I don't talk about other people's shit on my show. I I mean, or or have, or whatever. Even when I was on Chelsea lately, I didn't like making fun of celebrities. So I always just made fun of the situation they were in. Because I don't want to make fun of... I don't care what they do. I don't want to... I don't want to pick on somebody personally because it's no fun. All right? I just like I like being a genuine artist, okay? And gossip and 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 shit talk and fucking all that crap is just it's it's fucking it should be beneath you as an artist. If you're anything legitimate. And as a man, if you're anything legitimate, I mean, grow the fuck up. And 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 Like, be about something besides some bullshit. And the fact that somebody who's done... I I know how I've gone through this business. And I know how I have conducted myself. I know that I've done things the right way. And for somebody like me, to have this shit happen, it's happened, is... It's bad for all of us, man. I mean, it really is it's It's not just me it's gonna it's gonna spill over and it's gonna happen it's gonna keep happening because again, like I said earlier, the bullies are running this rock, all right, and we need to say no, okay no Joe Rogan, you're not running this fucking rock. I don't give a fuck about your black belt. I don't give a fuck about your 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 fucking macho talk, your fucking goons that you hang out with. I don't care about your henchman, Joey Diaz. I don't give a fuck about all that shit. You used to be a guy who I thought of as somebody who, who I admired. And you can listen to my old episodes of the podcast. I admired the shit out of that dude. I complimented the hell out of him every chance I got. Because I really thought not only was he a, a a really great comic and a and and somebody who I felt was 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 honest and 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 fearless on stage but he he could be so because he was such a tough guy and because he and and, and I felt like he you know when he did that thing with Carlos Mencia even though I don't I had my own beef with Mencia just because he's I always thought he was a really inconsiderate ass bumping other comics um and doing however long he wanted to on stage and then and then just saying fuck everybody and 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 I always I never I just never understood self-indulgent behavior like that. I just think it's I just think it's terribly rude and inconsiderate. And you know I mean but the thing is is I always thought Joe was somebody who made a point of taking his position, which was he was in a great position professionally, financially, and he also was a tough guy. So he could go and fight for all the little people in comedy because truth and justice is what mattered in comedy. Not, uh, I'm not at the checkout stand, by the way, my uh, daughter's playing. But, um, th- you know, it, I, I mean, he... You know I felt like this dude was was thanks for making it sound like I'm whining madden but uh, <laughs> the uh, it was, it, it, I always thought this dude what he cared about was the truth and justice in comedy. you do things the right way, you be honest, you don't steal material, you don't fucking push around the guys who are smaller than you because you can, and all that shit. I found out who Joe Rogan really is, okay? Because when Joey Diaz first started, when I first started seeing, you know, I saw an episode of Joe Rogan's podcast where it was last Christmas, Christmas of 2015, I saw Joey Diaz on his podcast just railing against me saying, like, that the comedy store is back, baby, because two people are gone. Tommy and Caparulo and then Caparulo oh you don't want to know what that guy did oh he's the worst dog man oh I don't even want to tell you don't edit this out blah 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 he couldn't say anything that I did didn't say a fucking word about specifics of what I did but he basically put it in everybody's mind that I was a piece of shit somehow and he was lying Even if he thought he was telling them the truth, what he was saying was false. So I thought, since Joe Rogan had always pretended to be my friend to my face, and he always did, my wife can attest to it, always did, always acted like he was my friend. I thought, well, I can contact Joe because he's a, he's a rational, rational, reasonable guy and he's a true artist. And he'll respect where I'm coming from because, you know, Diaz was saying on his podcast that I hadn't been to the Comedy Store anymore because I was afraid to come back, basically. You hadn't
2: been to the Comedy Store because your bitch wife wanted you at home with our newborn.
1: I had, I wasn't going to say that, but I mean, I was I had, uh, yes, I have, uh, I have a family and I have a, a, a road career and I am, I have weekends off, but I'm fucking tired. And I don't, sometimes I just don't feel like going out to the comedy store. Um, and especially since, you know, when after Tommy got, I felt unfairly removed from the the comedy store, you know, I, I just, you know, he kind of embodied it for me as far as a person, because I felt like he really took his job personally. Like he really cared about doing that job. It, you know, for better or worse, you know, people complain about him and it's natural, it goes with the territory. But the thing is, is he would tell me shit like some days I'd come in and, and i just talk to the building. And that's a crazy person right there, okay? he's nuts, but nuts in a good way because it benefited comedy. He, I watched, I knew what the comedy store was when I got there. And it was dominated by thugs like Rogan and Diaz who made that place like a fucking prison yard. And I, you know, I benefited from that in a way because it toughened me up. And they, and, and nobody really took much... Like I said, nobody noticed me before I got a development deal. So it was like, no, they, they they just let me come up under basically, you know, under the radar. And like, so nobody bothered with me. And, but, you know, Tommy... When he got control of the talent coordinator position, which he took the reins from a man named Duncan Trussell, and I don't know if you are aware of Joe Rogan or Joey Diaz much, I believe Duncan Trussell is a friend of theirs. Um, And again, I'm being sarcastic because not only does Duncan open for Joe or did open for Joe frequently on the road. He is frequently on Joe's podcast. He's in the whole death squad fucking team, which you should really take stock of what that name means because it's not a joke, all right? The, The connotation to Nazism is not a joke. It's not accidental. Okay, it's trust me. It's not a joke and anyway so apparently I didn't know because I thought Joe Rogan stopped going to the comedy store after they suspended him for the whole Carlos Mencia incident that everybody saw online because they said that he violated the rules there by bringing in a camera and um you know shooting that putting it online when you're not supposed to do that because it's unfair to the other comic who didn't have a camera and Blah blah blah. They had their own rules about it. That's that's what I knew. That's all I knew. And and believe me, I used to ask Tommy, "Where's Rogan? Is he coming back? Why isn't he back?" Like for years. And you know, I it, it, he just said he doesn't want to come back because he's he's pissed off because we suspended him and he just doesn't want to come. Back. And I and I was like, okay. And then Tommy would say, truthfully though. I'm glad he's not coming back because I don't like the element that he brings. with him. And I didn't really see what he was saying at that point. I do now, but I didn't see what he was, I, I just didn't really get what he meant by that, by, you know, w- w- what he brought with him. And he, he did, he brought, he brought a real nasty, confrontational, um, you know, basically it was, it was just like an intimidation thing. He's a, He's a bully, man. I mean, he scares everybody. And that's why they kiss his ass. They don't love him because he's a good guy. They love him because they don't want him... They don't want to get on his bad side. And everybody's afraid of him. Guess who's not? Me. I don't give a fuck about him. Because I know who he is on on the inside. He's a bitch-made liar. Okay? Because... After I heard Joey Diaz talking shit on me on that podcast, I texted Joe Rogan, and I have proof on my phone that shows the text. It shows exactly what I said. Um and I I could pull it up but I don't I don't have it on me. I should prepare for the show. But I said that hey Joe, uh Joey Diaz is spreading lies about me online, namely on your show. And, um, I just said, you know, the, the, the reason why I haven't been at the comedy store as of late is because I have a young daughter, which I thought maybe Jill would have some sympathy for because he has two daughters, supposedly of his own. And, um, he, uh, you know, he, I thought maybe... That would at least he could you know relate to that and and I thought and I thought we were cool I thought me and him at least had professional respect because we always did before that and I said it, you know I said he's spreading lies about me and I said if you have any respect for me as an artist or as a as a person could you please not let this go on under your watch, basically on your show. And please, you know, basically give me an opportunity to speak my side, whether I said whether it's on your show or it's not, because I didn't want to make it seem like I just wanted a chance to get on his his fucking stupid show, which, I mean, gets a lot of followers and that's great for him and like, whatever, or it was until I realized who he was. I sent him this text, and I just appealed to his, just his reasonable nature. I said, hey, man, the boy's lying about me, and I I gotta at least, I gotta, I gotta put my side out there. Let me tell the same audience that he just told a bunch of lies about me. Let me tell them my side of this, because I, I can, you know, I, I, I can prove that he's lying, because he basically was saying that I, that Tommy and I were in cahoots that we dictated the lineups of the comedy store, and that I somehow was running shit. And and you know, I mean, the fact is that that's not. I mean, first of all, Tommy did. Um, he treated me like his favorite, and and the thing is, is I earned that. I did. I didn't ask for it. I always felt uncomfortable when he kind of, he kind of was, was too, um, like, you know, attentive to me, like, Hey, you know, you're on next and I'm going to, you know, he would, he would light me late or ask me when I wanted the light. And, you know, he would just, he would be really, really, um, you know, uh, uh, um, you, you know, he would really just basically let me have as much time as I wanted on stage a lot. I I mean, you know, and at one point, after Rogan had been gone for a couple years, I I asked him, because i just done my first special, Meat Cat, I said, hey, is it cool if some nights, not every night, if I come in and instead of doing a 15-minute spot, which Tommy usually let me take a 15-minute spot and run it to 25, which set the whole lineup back and I really did feel bad for everybody behind me because I didn't want that you know I know people plan their nights and shit around this shit and it's like I I, I don't want to be the guy on stage running uh, longer than he should while people in the back are seething and waiting for me to get the fuck off stage um like Joe Rogan so uh I asked him if I could get a double spot which means instead of getting a 15 minute spot I get i get a 30-minute a spot where they put your name on the lineup back-to-back twice. You know, it would say instead of John Caparulo at 10.15, it would say John Caparulo at 10.15 and 10.30. And, you know, that's what they used to do with Joe Rogan, which Joe Rogan, by the way, when he was scheduled for 30 minutes, he would do anywhere from 55 to about 75 minutes. Okay? He didn't do anywhere close to 30 minutes when he was scheduled for 30 minutes. Okay, but I didn't do this every night, every weekend, anything. I was on the road most of the time. I was barely there anyway, but when I came back, I told Tommy, I said, I need to work out new stuff because I just did a new special and I don't wanna just, you know, I don't wanna just keep doing the same old shit. And he said, yeah, because, hey, Tommy was a big fan of mine and I, like I said, I earned every bit of that, and anybody who wants to talk to me about that. I don't feel the least bit bad about it because I did it the right way, dude. He wasn't my pal, he just was a he was a fan, and so he's like sure yeah i'll I'll let you do it sometimes when I have room for it and and sometimes he didn't have room for it, and he didn't let me do thirty minutes and I said that's fine and you know, it was just like, whenever you have, you know, and, and sometimes he was like, sometimes it'll enhance the show. Because the only time I would do it would be in the late show on Saturdays, the 10.30 OR show. So they would, they would put me in the main room for 15 minutes, and then I would come down to the OR, and I would do a 30-minute spot, the double spot. And I would do 30 minutes. I didn't do 75, Joe. I did 30. And I think... Um, that bothered a lot of people, even though they didn't seem to recognize the fact that when I wasn't there, Tommy also started doing that with other comics, such as Al Madrigal, Sebastian Maniscalco, other comics who were very, 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 very good in my sort of generation or class, you know, age range, whatever you want to call it. But guys who came up with me, Um, they also did these 30-minute spots now and then on a Saturday. And, you know, it's like, I, I I just was maybe the first guy who asked. And, you know, I I just, I really just was, you know, he could have turned me down. And I just asked him. And he gave it to me. What am I supposed to go? No, that'll upset Joe Rogan. Give a fuck about that shit. I mean, and so I think that if you want my opinion, I think, I think Queen Josephine took fucking offense to that shit. And it, um, he thought, oh, he's trying to replace me while I'm gone. And he's probably trying to keep me out of here. Whatever. I think he has some shit in his head. I don't know what was in his head, but I know that Joey Diaz is bullshit that he was harassing me, and lying about me, and by the way, threatened to rape my wife on repeated occasions online. Or I'll, 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 I'll say that again. Joey Diaz threatened to rape my wife on repeated occasions online. I don't know what justifies that, even if I did do the things they said I did, or, or somehow implied that I did, I don't know what justifies it, but I I don't think anything does. Okay, to threaten my family, you piece of shit. You're garbage. Alright. That's not when 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 did we lose sight of the fact that this is art? Holy. And the fact is is when I contacted Joe Rogan with that text message about, you know, could you let me give my side? He ignored me. And he'd always texted me back before, if I ever texted him. I did not text him off, and we didn't hang out or anything. But, you know, if there was something about a show or something like that that he was doing, or that, that I wanted to be in or whatever, he texted me back. And he followed me on Twitter, too. So I I direct messaged him on Twitter, just in case he had changed his number. He didn't call, he, 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 didn't, he didn't respond. He didn't reply. And then the next day, Joey Diaz, cause it was like Joey Diaz was punching the clock every day. And just going on this tirade, threatening me to, to stay away from the comedy store. Telling me, you know, all this shit that I was and how terrible I was and threatening my wife and blah, blah, blah. It was like, and, and, and you know, he mentioned, he's like, I don't care. You, t- you, you can call Rogan. You can do whatever you want. Doesn't matter, I'm still gonna do this, that, and third. I was like, that motherfucker showed him the message I sent him. And then... about... less than a month later, Joe goes on his podcast when Joey Diaz wasn't even there and lied about the text message I sent him, saying that I had asked him to stick up for me. And that, you know, we, basically something like, we were cool, but, you know, Joey Diaz is his brother, so, you know, we, I'm just somebody he knows as an acquaintance, and, uh, you know, because when Joey Diaz said that on his show, he, you know, Rogan tried to play the good guy, which was, well, I don't know, Cap always seems like a good guy to me, but. You, you, you know, but I'm not there every minute, so... Huh. I don't know. That's a classic... Gutless politician move. Which is to say... Oh... I think he's a good guy, but... I don't know. All these other people seem to see him think he's a scoundrel. It's... It's a fucking... It's... It's very transparent if you're... At all... If you're at all awake. And... I mean, the thing is, is Joe also brought me up again with Greg Fitzsimmons, who, again, was also, also, he, he, as far as I knew, was my friend. We were always cool on Chelsea lately. He just decided to bring me up for some reason. I don't know if Jamie listened to it, but, uh, and she's in the other room, but uh, trying to control her our kid, Uh, but um, how'd they bring me up?
2: Sorry, we were busy eating popcorn in the cabinet. Um, They they started talking about Diaz. I don't know how it got there, but he was like, yeah, did you, Rogan basically said to Fitzsimmons, yeah, did you hear his beef with Caparulo, and Greg had it or whatever, and and then Greg starts going, well, I'll just jump on this train too and fuck Caparulo because he asked to go on my podcast or something mm-hmm. really ridiculous that I was like uh well I i as John's manager I'm the one who scheduled all of this stuff and I know that too."
1: <laughs> well the thing is is I had screen I sent Greg screenshots of our email thing back and forth when he asked me to be on his podcast um which was he asked me at the last minute and I didn't even see it until it was too late and I apologized for, you know, not being able to get there last minute or whatever I did. But I, it wasn't in any way like I asked to be on there and then somehow left him in the lurch. And I sent him screenshots of what actually happened to correct him. And I said, look, I understand that, you know, you want to be down with the Cobra Kai, but um, could you please not lie about me in doing so? And I sent him those screenshots, and he, of course, never responded. Because these are all gutless liars. Because I, I directly try to communicate with these people. Because, mind you, before any of this, before any of the cyberbullying, before the, any of the teenage girl shit, these dudes have tried to do to me. They never tried to talk to me once. They never tried to come up and speak to me. And say, hey man, I heard you did this. Or I heard this it was like, they didn't try to work it out with me. They just tried to publicly make me look like shit. And basically scare me away from the comedy store. Because it was like, you know, and, and then this bullshit all got stirred up. And I got on, you know, if the people remember, I got on Twitter. And I I went back and forth with Diaz a, a little bit. I mean, and until and I realized what a pointless endeavor that was. Because... I really, I mean, I, I thought, I always, I hadn't seen Diaz in so long, and I hadn't really talked to him or anything. I kind of had the idea that he was actually a comic. Um, and he's just, he's just an idiot with a microphone. And I I couldn't believe how intellectually easy it was to bat him around like a fucking mouse. And, I mean, you know, he can be a fucking... Blow hard, physical, thug all he wants. Fucking 54, dude. I mean, but, you know, he can talk tough and shit all he wants. But the thing is, is when it comes down to our game, comedy, actually putting, a, stringing together a joke and thoughts and everything, come on, you ain't shit. You don't even know what you're doing. Just stop it. It's an insult to call yourself the same thing that I'm called. Okay, because you 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 ain't got Rogan. I still I still respect his game on stage. I mean, but he's a liar, and I I tell you why he's a liar because he seemed to think it was okay. I was I was a I was an interesting enough topic of conversation to talk about me on his show. But multiple he,
2: times with multiple people. Yep,
1: but he didn't seem to think that talking to me was worthwhile. So, that led me to believe that even if Joe didn't put Diaz up to this as a henchman, as a get rid of Caparulo scheme, then he was definitely okay with it. And you know, I remember when I was coming up, and Joe Rogan was a god at the comedy store, man. And I, and I, and I, you know, I was trying to get to a place where, you know, basically guys like that, like the jocks, would accept me. You know, I wanted, I wanted to, you know, I wanted to finally have game to the point where those guys saw me and went, "Man, you could play too." And I, you know, I looked at those guys, you know. Rogan would go up and, of course, he ate up a lot of stage time. Of course, he was, you know, he was the man. He he took up all the spots. He was, and, and, you know, he was fucking, he he was a great comic. And my solution to that was I just got better. And if you ask a lot of people who went there, I got better than he did. Because, look. The reason why I can say that is because I'm sitting here telling you this. Where's everybody else? Why they? Why didn't? They, why didn't they see a reason to get rid of them from the comedy store? Why? Why? Why am I the only target that you had to vanquish from the store? That you had to get out of your way so you could have your fucking pirate ship back, okay? Because because. You wanted to get rid of me because I was in cahoots with the old talent coordinator, Tommy, that you apparently hated and haven't had a problem with. Which implies that you really liked the talent coordinator before him who just happened to open for you and be one of your little buddies. So what does that say about you? So maybe the fact that those guys accused me of being underhanded, of being uh, uh, of using some sort of unfair advantage with with you know or, or backdoor deals with with the talent coordinator Tommy, uh, by, to get me you know all the spots that I had or or to get me thirty minute sets every now and then whatever you want to call it. You you think that I did that because that's what you did. You took unfair advantage with the prior, the previous talent coordinator, okay? Because if you didn't, you had, it would seem that circumstances would suggest that you had the, the, the plenty of opportunity to do so, since he was under your thumb as an opener, and it would behoove him to make you happy, because you were taking him on the road, okay, now I don't have any problem with you, Duncan, it's, it, me and you ain't never had a, and, other than you being friends with these fucking devils. I, I mean, me and you were fine. We've always been cool, but the fact is, is let, let's look at that. You liked the, the you liked Duncan when he was a talent coordinator. You didn't like Tommy. Okay. So then you think that because I got moved to, let's say, let's say the top of the order. You want to call it because I don't like. I, I really am uncomfortable saying that I was in any way because I think there's a lot of great comics at the comedy show. The guys I named, Al Madrigal and Sa- Sebastian Maniscalco, can easily say either one of those guys is as good or better than, than I am. Um it, it, You know, it depends on what you like as a, as a as a as a comedy fan. You know, maybe maybe they maybe they're pro Trump. You know, <laughs> maybe that'll Maybe they did. Maybe they don't You'll enjoy that. I doubt they are. But you know, still, you never know. And it's still like you know, for 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 you to suggest that I did that, I had to have had some sort of of underhanded game going on with Tommy because that's what you had going on before. Means that you just you just don't think that anybody can actually get to where I got at that place the honest way. And I fucking did, okay? Because they were saying that I dictated the lineup by saying who I would follow and who I wouldn't and who would go after me. Like, like I give a fuck who goes after me. Like, I, I, I'm in my car by the time they, they're, they're done saying, give it up for John Caparulo, okay? I, I didn't hang out. So what the fuck do I care who goes after me? But Tommy had his own system as far as, you know, who was allowed to bump and what time. And he used me a lot of times as a, you know, okay, like almost like the line of demarcation. Anybody who comes in, like Carlos Mencia came in and bumped me once when Tommy wasn't there. And I left. And a bunch of people had to get free passes because they had come to see me. And I wasn't going to sit there and wait for 45 minutes while Carlos Muzia went on and on until he got bored. And, and I... Tommy
2: also looked at it, the lineup, as like he so he's an orchestra. Like he would tell me about how, okay, this guy's got low energy, then I got to go high energy. Yeah. He looked at it like it was a piece it was of like art. like a
1: painting, yeah, yeah. He really did. And that's how Mitzi looked at it. And that's how he, he got really passionate about it. And if, <laughs> and if you didn't, if you don't... <laughs> You know, if you're a comic who just didn't benefit from him or didn't like him or whatever, just he didn't give you enough spots or he just didn't like him, whatever. You know, Al got a lot of spots, but Al and him, I guess, had friction. I don't know what it was about. I didn't care. I wasn't. It, it all I cared about was I just did my thing and left. And I mean, you know, if if you had uh, a problem with him. Fine, but I, I I, don't think you can question his motives. Because he wasn't getting paid much. And people, you know, they say he got fired for whatever. I don't even want to get into it, but it, I, he didn't invent that and that they knew that was going on for a long time and whatever. Whatever, 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 whatever. It's not my business. But the thing is, is he... Really gave a fuck about his job, about that position. He didn't own the building like Mitzi did, but he conducted himself as if he was 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 Mitzi. And you know, he he just he gave a damn about it. And the man, and it was like he wasn't a comic himself, you know, like Duncan was. Duncan was still you know doing his own comedy, and worried about his own career, stuff like that. Tommy didn't have it. Tommy was just like taking that paternal you know, uh, approach to it as like, I got this artist colony and I'm trying to, to make good shows while I'm developing talent and all that stuff. And, you know, like I said, me and him, we're buddies. We hung out and talked every now and then up in the office after my set, you know, uh, late, you know, some nights on whatever, Saturday or something like that, because yeah, I mean, you know, he's an interesting guy. He's intelligent. you can't fault me for having a conversation with somebody we we were we we were cool like that and I've talked to him since he got fired because I do I care about the guy because I do think he his his ability to come in when he did and when I felt like because there was a time when I felt like it was a really bleak situation at the comedy store and I wasn't you know Mitzi hardly ever came in and nobody was ever really gonna you know see what I was capable of doing, and, I, and I, I felt like I was never getting noticed, and I was never going to get, you know, passed to the belly room, basically, and, you know, Tommy, you know, went to bat for me and said, this dude, man, you should watch this guy, and I delivered, and, and the reason why he said you should watch this guy is not because me and him were pals, we didn't know each other, barely knew each other. And he just went to bat for me because I fucking went on stage and I threw down. And, and that's the bottom line. I can do my job. All right? Question my game. Try it. But you're going to be wrong. Okay? Because up there on that stage, you don't fuck with me. All right? I mean, I, I'm i proud to say I'm good at my crap. Now... After all this shit started blowing up with, with the the Twitter wars and all that shit with Diaz, and... You know, I, I knew it was Rogan from the start, but nobody wanted to believe me. Namely Ari Shafir wanted, didn't want to believe me. He said, Oh, Rogan doesn't care about this. He's doing his own thing. He's gotta eat. Why would he give a shit about this? Right. Well... So, in February of last year... In 2016 I go to the comedy store one night and I was in the main room and I was following Mark Marin um because I didn't dictate the lineups um <laughs> I was following a big star and a really great comic and a cool guy too I like Mark a lot um it, you know he it, you know I was in the main room and 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 the new talent coordinator Adam Uh, to correct Sam Tripoli, was giving me the same spots that Tommy used to give me. And my spots never changed from the time Tommy left to when Adam uh, Eggett took over uh, as the talent coordinator. I was still getting the same stage time if I wanted it, which I didn't call in very often. But when I did, I got it. So anyway, I knew I was going in that night, and I knew that Joey Diaz was in the original room down the hall. He was scheduled to be on down there, so I kind of had a feeling that I was going to run across him. And this is after, you know, the, I hadn't seen him, you know, you know, man to man or anything like that, in all the, that time, you know, with all the Twitter bullshit and all the cyber bullying. And the, the, the trash talk with Rogan and everything. And I get to the comedy store. Have you ever been there? I walk past him as I go. I cut down the, like, the corridor to go into the main room. Because I, I was you know going to do my spot. And I realized I had just walked past him. He was about 10 feet away from me at least. And I wish there were security cameras there. Because it could have shown a lot. But... I'm a good, I'm at least 10 feet away from him. And I said, I looked at him and I had to say something. The man threatened my family, repeated me. threatened my family. And I, I looked at him and I said, who's paying you to do this? And he charges over at me, you know, pointing his finger like, wait, well, who's paying me to do this? You know, who's paying you to do, it. you need to admit what you did. And I said, I didn't do shit. I said, and he's wagging his finger, don't you lie to me. And he's getting closer and closer with his fucking grossness. And uh, he, put, he sticks his belly into me like, and starts like trying to push me over. And I realize, hey, I'm fatter than I used to be, which is a good thing in this situation. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to stay on my ground. I put my forearm up and I put it across his chest. And I said, don't push me. You're not a fucking umpire. All right. If you want to talk to me, talk to me. And he just starts barking about, you need to admit what you did and blah, blah. blah. And I said, I didn't do anything. I'm not going to admit to shit that I didn't do. And people are starting to get in between us. And I, and I, and I said, you know what? It doesn't matter anyway. I said, you know what? I'm not here to hold your fucking hand. I said, get better at what you do instead of fucking crying about me in what spots I get. And as that happened, he, you could see in his eyes, he waited until people got in between us and he spit in my face. Hit me right below my lip. And I mean, it was, it's just the most foul thing you can do. And it's such a, it's such a bitch-made thing to do too. Really, it's like, you know, I mean, even I'm not a fighter, I've never been in a fight.
2: Even if you're a Diaz fan, you oh, know that's just please. gross, repulsive, and
1: how can you defend that? Like, yeah. I don't understand how you can defend that. Threatening to rape my wife and spitting in my face. What where For where, what? Where, <laughs> for what? What what exactly? Because you think because you think I I somehow uh, got an extra fifteen minutes every now and then on stage at the comedy store with another talent coordinator who wasn't under your thumb yeah I, I, I it doesn't make any sense and it and I can document it like i said i can, I've documented proof you can look at any of the lineups. I followed people on a regular basis that I would never choose to follow. I wouldn't choose to follow Al Madrigal on a nightly basis. That guy's a fucking great comic. He's a monster, okay? I followed Dave Day right off all the time. Great comic, okay? Very hard to follow. I followed, um, uh, 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 who did I say? I followed Sebastian Miniskel. I followed him all the time. Brett Ernst, I followed him all the time. I mean, sometimes, you know, it was like, you, you know, I mean, the only one I bitched about was at one time back, in the day, I, I I did complain about following Bobby Lee, because Tommy had me following Bobby Lee every night. Every night and it was getting on my nerves because Bobby would inevitably, uh, worry about the, you know, the fact that, you know, he, he, you could, he's very insecure and he just felt like he wasn't doing well enough with the crowd. So he would just, he would just show them his pews, and then shove the microphone down his throat and do a bunch of stupid shit that didn't make sense. But it was just kind of like, you know, it was just wild shit. It was like, all right, uh, I I mean, people, you know, were, it just appealed to their sort of childish instincts. And it pissed me off because I was like, man, I got to follow that nightly. That affects my set nightly because the the crowd now gets dumber because of that. Because they did. They get louder, dumber. They get, they get just... And it was a fact of my set and I and I was still if a I young comic. I the mic
2: down his throat, it made the mic stink. And it the mic stunk like a
1: motherfucker. Yeah, <laughs> it smelled like Bobby Lee mouth. And I mean, <laughs> nobody you know, wants to hold that. Right, and, and the thing is, is I I did say, and what I said was, Tommy, I don't want to follow him every night. Can we mix it up some? Is what I said. Exactly what I asked for. I said I don't want to. It's not fair that I have to follow him every night Can we switch it up and have him follow me, you know, some nights so that we, we mix it up so I don't have to always follow in that wake. And Tommy said, verbatim, Bobby Lee won't come in if he has to follow you. Bobby Lee won't come in if he has to go after anybody who's, basically anybody who's difficult. Follow anybody who's, who's a strong comic. Anybody who's, I saw Bobby Lee scared to follow, Argus Hamilton once. And if anybody knows the Comedy Store, Argus Hamilton, is the most. I mean, he's he acts like a he's hosting a, a nighttime talk show. I mean, he's a he's just the he's a conduit for your set. He's basically setting you up. Um, she is, uh, but. Uh, he's, he's 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 just he he serves it up for you here. Have a great set, basically. And Bobby was afraid to follow him once. And I mean, it's just like, dude, and the fact that he was brought in to talk about me in such light is ridiculous. It's just fucking, it's offensive and it's ridiculous because he's the guy. Who actually would, you know, refuse, or I was told, would refuse to come in if he was. This is all, and this is, again, it's all in politics. Who gives a shit about it? Who listening out there who isn't a comedian actually gives a shit about this? He shouldn't. Because it doesn't affect you. It doesn't matter. It's all gossipy fucking nonsense. But that's what I was told. Again, hook me up to a lie detector. I'll I'll tell you what, ask Tommy. That's what I was told. He wouldn't come in if he had to fucking follow me or anybody of my caliber. And that was it. So it was like, what ended up happening was Tommy took it to an extreme. That actually pissed me off that I was like, Tommy, it's not what I said. Tommy said, well, Cap won't follow Bobby Lee. And I said, Tommy, I didn't say that. I said, I won't follow him every night. And he said, Cap won't follow Bobby. He <laughs> really, really pissed me off. Because I'm like, Tommy, I didn't say that. And he, so he, in turn, put, always put somebody in between us. So whether that was Al, whether that was Dove, whether that was Sebastian, whether was whoever, um, there was always somebody in between me and Bobby. So Bobby would go like nine forty five. I go ten fifteen. And you know, that was that was that was the only time I, I genuinely complained about because I didn't want to follow him every night. I would follow him some nights, fine. And then, you know, I, I there was a couple other situations where I said, like when I was doing my thirty minute spot that I don't want to get into because I don't wanna accuse anybody of anything and I don't want to I don't want to make anybody look bad because I'm really not into gossiping and this guy and I'm thinking I've never did anything to me personally and it's just not worth getting into but I did just make a request that like hey when I'm doing my 30 minute spots do you mind if that guy doesn't go before me because he's doing a similar bit I'll just leave it at that all right and I I mean you know but as a as a comic with a lot of seniority who had earned everything he'd gotten at the comedy store, I had the right to request that. That could have been refused, of course, but it wasn't. Or
2: And you never said, hey, blackball black that guy. Don't ever let him too. don't ever let him come in here. I, Wait, I didn't like, I
1: didn't say that at all. Or I didn't say I wouldn't follow him in the main room. I just said when I was doing my thirty minutes spots because it was basically I was anchoring the show at that point. And I felt almost like there was a pressure on me too you know, to, to you know, well, I got to be better at these. It really was it wasn't fun. That's why I didn't keep doing the 30-minute spots for very long. Um, when I did them, I, I mean, I did, I would say 20 times maybe I got scheduled for for a double spot.
2: A lot of this happened Total. before. I've, we've been together for seven years now. A lot of this happened before I was even around. Yeah. So why is it getting brought up in the last right. few years? I don't know.
1: Well, it's, it's getting brought up because... Rogan thinks he's the Count of Monte Cristo and he thinks he's coming back um to his old stomping grounds and he's getting rid of because again, if I ain't shit, if you're so much better than I am, you could have just shown that on stage. You could have just gone up on stage, made me look like shit, and I and I'd have been, you know, I'd have been vanquished. No. You sent a fucking henchman to, to threaten me with violence because after he spit in my face he fucking, you know, one of his little buddies who's an open micer or something grabbed me by the throat, shoved me down the corridor, who didn't even know me, didn't know the situation, didn't know anything about it, just decided to grab my throat, uh, forget his name. does
2: um, Doesn't matter. <laughs>
1: But, no, it doesn't, but I'd love to, I, if I could remember his name, I'd sell it, I'd tell you. But, um, that guy grabbed me, and it's like, you know, I was yelling at him, like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, you don't have any reason, you don't have any right to touch me, and you don't even know this situation. And really, neither does Diaz, because either Diaz is delusional, or he's just lying. But uh, I kept quiet about this, because I really don't have... I didn't have the, the the platform to say anything because I really just didn't. I just felt like it would be a, you know a, 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 a drop in the bucket and nobody fucking really noticed because you know we have a certain number of subscribers to our podcast. Not something chased after that hard. We don't do it that often, so it's like you know maybe somebody will hear it. Maybe they won't, but it's not going to matter anyway because they're not even getting the context of the situation. And but, you normally
2: don't talk about people, like it's not in your yeah, nature to just not my thing, drop man. names like this.
1: But, now with, you know, me being, you know, there, there being some, I guess, news coverage of this situation that happened with the lady, with the lady. Was the that fucking woman throwing shit at me? Crazy ass Right, bullies. Bullies thinking they can run everything, that they can dictate everything.
2: The thing is, Diaz is more than a bully. He's been to prison for kidnapping and, like, gun possessions and, like, major, major shit. And I
1: wonder why he's not still in prison. Has anybody ever asked themselves that? Has anybody ever asked themselves why he's not still in prison? Or didn't do a long prison stint? I mean, you have to do something to get out, right? So maybe ask yourself that. Ask yourself also why Joe Rogan knows Alex Jones so well. I don't know if you know who that is. Uh, he's online and he's uh, supposedly a um, right right wing extremist um, talk show host, kind of like Russ Limbaugh, but supposedly a truther and, uh, you know, a guy who's always talking conspiracies and does documentaries about him and stuff like that. But He's kind of been widely suspected as a counterintelligence agent um and I can if you look at it closely you can kind of see why I just don't know him so well why are they so cool and why has Diaz been on this show I don't know I, I I I I can't speculate farther than that because I don't know you know I mean uh but those guys seem to—they get—they have—they have very shady backgrounds, and I—I uh, I don't know if they're necessarily comedians to begin with. I mean, it, 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 in the true sense of the word, I don't know if they really yeah, set out to be artists. Maybe another word to start they but you guys can look that up, and maybe you guys can come to your own conclusion but the fact is is they lied about me. They lied over and over about me. And they did it with the purpose of getting rid of me for I I can only think that it was because you know like I, I was told by I don't I, know, I he'll remain nameless. I was told by somebody who said that he talked, it was back when Tommy was talent coordinator, and he talked to Rogan one night, and Rogan said that um, he kind of got annoyed by the fact that, and which I can understand to a um he kind of got annoyed by the fact that his fans would call in to see if, what time he was performing in in a given night. Uh and um Tommy would a lot of times work the phones too. Tommy was Tommy was running that place, man. And uh Tommy would say, Oh, Joe's on at ten thirty, but you guys gotta get here before that because the guy before him and this is Rogan's where I don't know if Tommy actually said these words, but he's like the guy before him is even better and he was talking about me. And that bothered, I don't know, that bothered Joe. And I could see why it was bothering me, bothering me, probably. To say, hey, why, why, why are you trying to tell my audience that somebody's better than I am? And, and I get it. I get I get why that would take a shot at your ego and everything else. But, again, I would solve that problem by being better than I am. I would solve that problem by just going up and outperforming me. Um, but you solve that problem by... Sending thugs after me. So, black belt or not, that's some bitch made shit. I'm look. I'm not a tough guy. You guys will kick the shit out of me if we ever got in a fight. Blah blah blah. blah. Get it? You're tougher than I am. But I never said I was a tough guy. I'm an artist. I'm a stand-up comic. What I wanted to be, what I know I was when I, what I knew I was. Supposed to do since I was at least thirteen years old. Not before. That's what I am. And I, 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 I mean, I, 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 you know, after I, I pussyfooted around in fucking college, and 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 evaded the inevitable. I went out and I jumped into it. And I moved to Los Angeles when I had no idea I'd never seen Los Angeles except on TV. And I took on your ilk. I went to the comedy store. I worked the door. I worked my ass off. I fucking wrote material. I got better. I got stronger. I've worked the road for the past how many you know, seven, eight years the cost of my balls after going on Chelsea lately and you know, uh, it, it was standing out there, and I, I mean, you know, getting the Tonight Show three times, the Vince Vaughn movie. After you know, mm-hmm. even though that dick had a fucking problem with me, and I mean, you know, I'm not good at bowing down to bullies, man. And I'm not good at fucking like, it, look, I, I'm greasing water with them motherfuckers. And I understand it. I understand that I am difficult when it comes to coexisting with people I don't think are um, as honest, forthright, or respectful as I am. And I expect a lot out of people, I guess. And that's, maybe that. Yes, and that maybe that's my, you know, maybe that's a, you know, a, a flaw that I have, but I'm good with it, okay? I, fuck you bullies, okay? I don't care anymore, man. I. I just, I just know that I may now have a platform. I may now have enough attention, even if it's just fifteen minutes of fame, which it's not, because I've been working at this for a while, and I still, you know, I've, I've got, yeah, I, mean, I kind of have, I've had audiences that have been paying to see me for a while. I have a following, but I think I might have an even enough playing field now to, to, to voice this shit. You motherfuckers lied about me. You lied about me over and over again. You bullied me out of the comedy store, a place that I earned my right to be there. Adam Eggett, the new comedy, the new town coordinator, was in on it with him. Because when I asked him to at least reprimand Diaz for spitting in my face, Adam said he would give him a talking to. And basically, blew me off and told me that if Diaz was threatening me on Twitter, that I should take it up with Twitter. So... Um... That only leaves me to believe that he was either too scared to lose Rogan because they're a package deal, too lazy to do something about it, or he was in on it. But Adam... You are a spineless bitch too. Okay? And I'm and I just look. I I'm just I'm done. This has been killing me for a long time. It bothers me. Because I've worked so hard to be the exact opposite of what you motherfuckers painting me out to be. Okay? And again. If I'm what you say I am, why don't you come talk to me? Why are you so afraid to talk to me? And by the way, I, a week after, as my daughter, um, I'm just screaming, uh, a week after uh, Diaz spit in my face, I got a mutual friend to give me Joey Diaz's phone number. After Diaz okayed it with this mutual friend, and I called him. A message, and 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 this mutual friend said that I needed to be one of us needed to be the bigger man, and 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 sort of give some ground. And 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 he's like he, he kind of doubted that, that Diaz would. And so I said, I actually apologized when I left a voicemail on Diaz's phone. I said, Hey, I'm sorry about how things have gone on Twitter, and all the trash talk, and that's really not something I want to get into, but. I want to squash this, I want to get past it, and but I can't admit to doing something I didn't do. So please give me a call back and we'll talk this out man to man. Like we should have in the first place. And He didn't call me back. Why if he has such a problem with me, why wouldn't he call me back? Why if Joe Rogan had a problem with me, why wouldn't he talk to me? I mean, they talk about me. Why not talk to me? I mean, is it because they know that I have the truth on my side? Because I do. Alright? You can threaten me with violence all you want, and I can't do shit about that, alright? But, the fact is, is you want to get into a debate over honesty, integrity, and performance, or whatever you want to call it, you ain't got shit on me. I've made sure of that. So, in that respect, if you want me, come get me. I fucking, i I've asked you to. And you bitches won't fucking talk to me. Unless you're fucking hollering and spitting in my face. So, in conclusion to this tirade, two hours. I would like to thank my daughter who's been patiently crying through this whole thing. I'm sorry, Madden. Um, my wife who has been playing rodeo clown with my daughter, the, uh, basically the entire domestic dispute. Um, I would, uh, but, I, and I want to thank my audience, if you're listening to this, and if this is all coming as some sort of news to you, I'm sorry, I don't mean to overload you with some shit that, that, that you don't even know about or have any context for or anything like that. Or, you know, it's all darkness and it's all nastiness and it's all fucking bullshit that, that nobody really... I mean, it was all lies anyway, but that nobody should really even be you know, concerned with this anyway. This is all fucking personal beefs and professional bullshit. And, you know, that happens in any profession, any workplace, anything. But the way these guys went about it was unfair and underhanded and, and just, it's just bullshit. And, and I I live with it all the time. I mean, it's always something... That is on my mind and I can't shake it because I'm so mad that that motherfucker threatened my family, Did he threatened me, and that he undermined my fucking integrity, and then a whole little coven of bitches went along with me because they're afraid of him because he's the big bully on the block. And, and, and they just want to kiss his ass. Well, I don't. I don't give a fuck about you. Alright? Because, you know what? Taekwondo or not, motherfucker, I still can blow you off a stage any day of the fucking week. Alright? And if I can't, bring it. Bring it. Because, again, I solved the problem... Of, 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 get, of of getting by you, getting better than you. You solved it by some mob shit. You decided, well, we gotta get rid of him because we don't want anybody thinking he's better than I am. Well, I'm better than you. Because you just proved it by your actions. You scared pussy motherfucker. Right? I fucking hate I hate you guys so much. Don't threaten a man's family. You don't lie about him. You don't fucking, I mean, be a fucking man, all of you. Be a fucking man. All right? I I got my own fucking life and my own, you know, issues to deal. I, I got my own path, all right? I have a daughter to raise. I have a daughter to explain this fucked up world to. Okay? And I'm sick of people like you running it. All right? You're contributing to the problem. You are not helping it. And as much as you want it, I don't care how much weed you smoke and how much you act like you're, you're fucking uh, 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 sticking your finger in the air to the man. You're not. You're part of the system and you're a fucking, you're a cog in the wheel that is destroying humanity. Alright, you're bad, you're a fucking bad element, you're fucking, you're just, you're fucking, yeah, I mean, you're lizard people, you're just the worst, you're the worst of the worst, and I, for one, am tired of your ilk running this fucking rock, so, as far as I'm concerned, you're not, okay, and physical threats aside, you can't fuck with me artistically. Okay? And if this has got to become some rapper shit, I guess it does. But I now have my platform. I now have enough attention. People might listen to this and know what a bitch you are. All of you. You're some bitches. Amy Maria, I love you very much.
2: I love you, babe.
1: God, I love you. I, um, I, I, I thank you for, um, Doing what you've done to bring attention to the whole situation that happened. And uh, Cause because know, it was your I, idea.
2: I know who you are and you deserve nothing but the best. You are annoyingly
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> truthful and honest to the point where you bought or didn't pay. I can't lie. Yeah, you can't lie. Like, yeah, I she needs me to
1: lie sometimes. Sometimes,
2: you know, maybe not a lie, but just... Curve
1: it a bit. <laughs> you have to be completely honest with everybody, right? Yeah.
2: He didn't pay, he accidentally didn't pay for, what was it, sweet tea or something at a grocery store once? Like Because I
1: counted them in my cart and told her how many I had. And and I miscounted.
2: So he drove back during, like, prime traffic hours to go pay the, what, under $5 that he owed to the cashier because he didn't want her to get in trouble.
1: Because I know the if, of- if their drawer comes up short, but that's they get tired. The
2: that's the kind of man you are. You haven't had more than a parking ticket or a speeding ticket.
1: Well, I like, get—I've had those not in L.A. so much because <laughs> they don't care here like they do in just, Ohio. Just but, curve. But, but, but no, I don't. I really do try to live my life in such a way that I don't. I don't want to hurt anybody else. And 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 I. I live my life in such a way that I have a high standard that I put on my own integrity and my own behavior, and I expect everybody else to live up to that, too. And that's hard to live up to. I know. I'm sorry. And babe. you get
2: disappointed often because I people do. aren't as honest and kind as you are. No, they're
1: not. And and it does disappoint me. And it and it is disheartening that, 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 that at least most of the world isn't like this. Why? Why why stop encouraging bullies? Stop encouraging this childish bullshit behavior. This whiny the whiny asshole always wins. The fucking jealous dishonest piece of garbage always wins. Stop letting them win. Stop dancing with the Ewoks. And fucking wake up, because evil doesn't take a day off. They they're, they're coming for us. They're always coming for us. And I, I mean, I just even though I'm supposed to be afraid like everybody else is, I ain't afraid. All right. I don't want anything to happen to my family. I love my family. I'll do what I gotta do to protect my family like I should because I'm supposed to be supposed to be the man of this house. I'm supposed to take care of my and that's some vile shit to just let somebody say what they said to my wife. I can't do anything about it. Fuck you, motherfucker. Alright. Cause again, I'm exposing you. I'm exposing you for who you are. Cause you lied about me the tape, check the documents, check anything you want. I ain't lying. Alright, um, I have the truth on my side. Can't fuck with the truth. Cause the truth lasts forever. It doesn't change. It's the truth. So, On the next episode, (laughs) (laughs) though. We'll get back to
2: talking about our babies and puppies. Yeah, we'll
1: we'll fight with each other next time. But, uh, yeah, man, I I just... Thanks to everybody who's been a fan and a supporter of mine for this song. And uh, thank anybody who's maybe a new fan now because of uh, maybe... Shit that's happened recently is the first time you've heard of me. Either way, you have my wife to thank for that because... I didn't think anything of. I didn't really think this would be a newsworthy story, but um, it sure as hell was. I guess a lot of people gave a shit about uh, what happened uh, to me at, uh, when I was recording Caplets. But check out Caplets. Check us out, j- Domestic dispute. We'll 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 be back semi regularly. You know when when we. When we can. When our daughter will let us.
2: She's biting me right now. Can we uh, wrap this up? (laughs) And then, uh, yeah.
1: And um, cartoon comic. Our demo is going to be done this weekend. And that's coming soon. Cartoon comic. John Caparulo. My solution to all this bullshit anyway. Is I am becoming a cartoon character. (laughs) And then you'll really, really get effect of the art that I've been trying to convey for years okay I promise you'll love it because I do I appreciate you guys I appreciate everybody who's a supporter anybody who's a hater um you know what you can do um, I love you dear
2: love you babe.
1: I love you madam
2: let's go eat cake I love
1: you dogs <laughs> who Bye. wants cake who wants cake? <laughs> yeah, you motherfucker, right? I'm the bitch that's keeping it live and keeping it hot when you punk ass niggas don't. Nigga, Westside, what bring it on?
0: Look for me, lost in the world with 96. 96- finger